0: Alright, welcome everybody, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to what clearly seems to be one of the most popular sessions of, of the convention. In case you are lost, which is likely if there's so many people, you are here in a session called Is a Room for Actuaries in Public Policy. A little bit about myself, I am Sine Temba, I am a 31 year old actuary from a village called Mr. Mount, Mr. Mount is in a town called Libote. But I never say I'm from Liberty because no one knows where that is. So I say I'm from Tata. Okay. I have two siblings, uh, both one parent, one just passed recently. And I work for Liberty. I live in a box in Bryanston uh, <laughs> with another fellow actor who is from um, Gandha somewhere. <laughs> um, and the point I'm relating all this story is because what we're talking about here. Actually, affects all of us individuals in, in some way or the other. When I, mean, I grew up in a village, um, if we had a proper public policy, then maybe the roads in my village would not be as as rugged, so that I have to buy a big car so that to go home, and I wouldn't need to live in a very high security place if we had a proper crime policy, just to make sure I, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm safe on my day-to-day life. So, I mean, this session can be quite broad, and I'm hoping we can make it as engaging, as interactive as possible. We have, obviously, a person who needs no introduction leading the session for us, Lusani Mulaouti, is our president-elect. I will give over to Lusani to to probably take about 30 minutes-odd giving us this presentation, and then we'll open the floor for, for discussion. I must say before I go, I mean, I think I am encouraged by a session I attended just before this one, our retirement matters, where actuaries have actually taken the time to build models that are pro- projecting how, I believe, Social Security is going to be a, a, a proportion of our GDP expenses in the near future. So those are examples of where actually using our fairly unique skill set to add real value to, to, to the country as a, as a whole. So without further ado, welcome to Sadi.
1: And the reason why we it's 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 good to have an icebreaker. It's, it's it's not because one is a funny person or anything. It's just to calm the nerves. So this morning, I thought, okay. Um, yesterday, I was wearing a, a, a African shirt that I got from Ghana. So today, I felt I need to, like, do some power play. You know, look a bit like Donald Trump. You know, I <laughs> bought a new tie and in you know, a white shirt because I don't have a white shirt and. And I thought, no, I can't, I've got, I've got a black shirt as well, new. I thought, no, I can't wear black because the guys at the convention said I might be wearing black. Lo and behold, when I came this morning, they were wearing white with a red tie. <laughs> so that I uh, thought, um, yeah, uh, but, but I think that uh, sort of, I thought, no, I'll use that as an icebreaker to get some people. Um, the topic is important, and I think that is why uh, there are many of you here. Uh, How do we slay this dragon? I felt when I left the previous session, I don't know whether we're going to be slaying the dragon. I'm going to be the dragon that's going to be slayed here. Um, So in terms of the the issues that we're going to cover, I think it's uh, important for us to understand. It's it's a big field. And uh, there is a risk of me not meeting your expectations, or perhaps we'll be able to exceed them. We'll see. But I think one needs to understand the space. Um, uh, So, so one needs to understand the policy making process in South Africa and I mean this this whole discussion is based on South Africa and I think uh, if one looks at any other country one would need to go and apply. Um, and uh, you know some of the learnings here to that context. So the policy making in South Africa, uh, public interest. I think the, the reason why um, there's a lot of uh, focus on this type, uh, on this issue in particular, um, is, is because strategically, as the Electoral Society, we have said that public interest is something. Uh, that is important to what we do. It's not the first time we say it. I think uh, when we you know, do professionalism courses and so on, um, public interest is at the core of what we do. But um, I do wonder whether we have spent enough time defining for ourselves what it means, what, what is public interest. I mean, I think uh, some of you can remember uh, during the Oscar Pistorius case uh, that there was a, a court challenge um, because uh, uh, the journalists and media felt that, uh, that that whole event then the court case was uh, in the public interest and therefore needed to be televised and there were arguments back and forth. I, think, I don't know if any of you followed those arguments. Um, so public interest is something that needs to be defined, especially in our space as a profession. Um, and then there's a, there's a, a, a discipline, a, 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 a scientific discipline uh, of policy analysis that we also need to understand what it involves and, and where we can uh, locate ourselves within uh, that discipline um, and, 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 and how it can be shaped. And obviously all of that also relates to what do we bring to the table. So what is the toolkit? What is our toolkit? I mean, I, I would not... That's probably one area that you probably understand better than I do, some of you, so I will not pretend to to know too much about that. But uh, what we are aiming to do in this discussion is to link that to the whole aspect of uh, policy analysis and and, and how policy is actually shaped in our country. And and then we have to look at a number of opportunities. I don't think that I've done that justice in terms of the the various opportunities. I think just today, in in, in uh, quite a number of the presentations, uh, it was quite clear, especially Shivani's uh, presentation, uh, that the planning for, for human resources. Um, that requires this level of understanding and this, uh, this, this kind of work. And, 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 and it's not just in that space, uh, in terms of healthcare, but when there's a discussion, I mean there's a debate happening, I'm sure it's happening at this very moment, uh, Tito Mboweni I'm sure is going to talk about the, the cuts that, 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 that need to be done in government, um, people that need to be laid off, who do you lay off? Um, and so that's a discussion that I think if we were there, um, we could actually help the country to make better decisions uh, in terms of that. So, so I think the opportunities, uh, you can come, uh, probably come up with uh, uh, many more interesting opportunities where we can be involved. It, it, we should be involved. I think the, the, the question or the topic saying is there room, I think one can say up front that there is definitely room. Um, it's a question of how we make sure that we are, we are in the room. I think we are just not in the room, uh, but there is definitely a chair for us uh, at the table which is not there. Um, and, 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 and I think that is what needs to change. Um, just in terms of uh, policy making, and I think uh, even this uh, is an attempt at uh, de- describing a very complex process otherwise. Um, but there would be groups, whether it's the political parties, whether it's a committee of a political party, uh, whether it's a, 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 some other kind of interest group that uh, has an influence on the political party and so on, that will somehow have a discussion and, and, and come up with a resolution. And, 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 and what, what has been interesting for me is, um, you know, I will be exposed to policy discussions or legislative discussions here in South Africa and I would be convinced that this is a uniquely South African debate, I would then venture out into other African countries, only to find that they are presented with the same objectives. So, so that made me realize uh, uh, that um, bodies such as the World Health Organization, the UN, and so on, play a very important role in shaping the kinds of discussions that we have, as, 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 as individual countries. So to ignore them um, you know, w- w- would, 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 would not lead to us um, having as much of an impact as we need to have. So those organizations um, have a lot of power in terms of shaping the, the discussions uh, that do happen. Uh, what countries then uh, end up having to do is to shape how they're going to respond uh, to such uh, discussions, those sort of uh, global declarations uh, that are often made in, in those institutions. And the labor formations, uh, uh, some of them linked to political parties, Uh, the most significant one being COSATO in in this country, Uh, they have their own deliberations and they have ways um, uh, to to influence the political parties so that they can um, um, embark on a certain um, uh, um, trajectory in terms of um, policy. Hence the the threat um, uh, that was issued uh, to Tito Mboweni that if you are going to lay off um, people, we're going to come after you. And, and I mean, that's what makes the space very difficult. So even that which you and I can think is uh, logical um, may not see the light of day because of all the interests and all the, the, the forces that work together or against each other. Um, at a point, the cabinet can adopt a position that this is something that we uh, uh, think uh, would be good for our country. Um, how they arrive at that, and you know, a lot will go into that, and, and the parliamentary processes, too, because, I mean, we are in a, um, a constitutional uh, democracy. And there, there have been debates lately about, you know, are we more of a constitutional democracy, or uh, should we be more of a parliamentary democracy? And if one looks at the whole uh, weed um, 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 ruling, and, and, and I, I, I haven't followed the whole process, but but it feels to me that sometimes it feels to me that the courts are legislating. <laughs> but anyway, the, 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 that's not for for this discussion. But but to 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 not be aware of the power of even the courts to to actually put us in a certain direction. Because I I don't know if were we to have a, a, a you know to a, 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 a referendum uh, whether the outcome will be as it is now. So those type of things. Uh, endorsement by the President. We've often heard of the President sending a bill back to Parliament because of 123. And and therefore, in terms of implementation, I've often heard uh, a a commentator saying that we've got some of the best policies, uh, but implementation is where it it, it falls apart. And that's something that we need to bear in mind. And our involvement is not only uh, in policy making, but also in implementation. And we'll have a a look at that. So just in terms of the role players, and I mean, it's not a simple space, as I said. And I probably don't have all of them there. Um, uh, NGOs and and CBOs, I've seen that in South Africa, and I think it's more this constitutional democracy aspect, where you can have an organization with one funder, um, with very good lawyers that can argue cases all the way to the constitutional court and get certain decisions that change the landscape. And, and that is something I've, I've, I think many of us would have witnessed that in, 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 in South Africa, whether it's desirable or not. Um, but it just shows what a constitutional democracy is about. So, so, so policy making is not just uh, uh, through the normal processes I've described. It, it can happen through court cases um, where you know, uh, decisions actually lead to a whole new landscape. Um, We we spoke about political parties, spoke about global agencies and labor formations, research institutions, and finding ways to to influence uh, um, the powers that be, which in a sense is something that the actuarial society is also asking questions, you know, how do we influence? There are two aspects to this discussion. There's uh, the actuarial society or us as actuaries seeking to influence decisions in a particular way or us assisting the process of decision making, whichever way it goes. I think my discussion is leaning more towards uh, the influencing, the shaping of decisions so that sound decisions can be made from, uh, either, uh, from an impact understanding point of view, uh, not looking at um, us taking uh, certain positions, um, although positions can be taken based on what has been analysed. But, 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 but there li- they lies the danger. Uh, you, you, we know the, the power of setting assumptions, uh, so you, you can set assumptions that then tell a, a different story to, to, to something else. I think the whole Reps discussion uh, where you, you, um, there, there, there were differences in, in, some, in terms of some of the um, uh, uh, assumptions and how things were, were, were done in that space. Um, so, 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 taking a, a position—that's why taking a position becomes very difficult because it is informed by, uh, the, you know, the assumptions and some of the work that goes into that. So, understanding the context, I think, is absolutely um, important. Um, uh, you know, you, one might think, one might say, um, and I think often of us, often many of us, uh, uh, probably had a view that, you know, free education cannot be because it's unaffordable. I think if I were just to ask you to raise your hand if that's the view that you held, um, I, um, I want to think that many of us would say that's the view that I still hold. Um, but the question is, what do you do in this country? If, if you and I were to be exposed to the, to, the, to the students that are sleeping in libraries, sleeping in, 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 in bathrooms, and uh, uh, traveling two, three hours a day, and so on, um, I mean, two, three hours a day to get to class. Actually, six hours if you uh, um, uh, stay in Soweto, you're attending in, uh, TUT and you're taking a train, given all the delays and so on, it could be easily up to six hours a day traveling. If we're exposed to the realities of that, would we hold the same views? So the price that um, I think is the 57 billion or whatever, that, uh, that, that the government has set aside to pay that, is that a big or a small price, given that reality. So, so I think understanding context becomes very, very important. We are exposed to a, a whole lot of commissions of inquiry that are happening currently in, in South Africa. Um, you can name them, the Sexual Commission, the Goldstone Commission, the this commission. The, I think after the Ellis Park uh, soccer disaster, there was a commission. There were recommendations. Every commission comes with recommendations that <clears throat> later on find themselves in, 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 in legislation. And so th- those are some of the sources of, uh, of or, or inputs into uh, the legislation that we end up with. How well are those decisions analyzed before they, 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 they are put into legislation? Probably something that we need to understand. Once it gets to, uh, becomes more of a parliamentary uh, process, um, uh, we are aware of the Green Paper. I, I always felt that when they spoke about a Green Paper, I really expected that to be green, you know, like, but uh, very disappointed that it, it's also white, but, but it's a green <laughs> paper. Um, the the <laughs> a white paper, that one, I think, <laughs> just the ink is, is, is black. Um, and and a, a draft bill, bill you know, going through all the processes until is an act. Uh, Insurance act, I think some of you are living through that reality, having to reapply for your licenses. You might not have a business if some of those licenses are not approved. Um, so, so those are the things that uh, you will often hear of the criminal act, you will often hear of the uh, uh, affirmative action and uh, all sorts of um, uh, acts that after they are enacted, you, know, you, have, to, you have to comply. Public interest. I think, on the surface, it's almost self-explanatory. Um, it's something that is beyond just my interest, self-interest, or private interest, but involves more uh, the public. Or, and, uh, but, but it's important in every situation to understand which, which, which public are we talking about, because certainly not all things affect everybody. Um, so, so here they talk about the welfare of the public as compared to the welfare of private um, individual or company, uh, approximated by comparing gains and potential costs. So the moment you, you talk about that, because uh, I'm, I'm sure the judge in, in terms of that Oscar Pistorius situation that I described had to compare, well, you know, uh, the arguments obviously. Uh, some people make better arguments than others. Uh, some advocates make better arguments than others. Um, the the, 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 but the gains versus the costs, uh, he has to weigh that. Um, however that is expressed, but he has to weigh that. So, so there's always going to be that part of the discussion. And, 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 and most, most times it can be reduced to financial uh, 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 sort, of a, um, a sort of a bottom line in, the, in that sense. But at times it's in terms of how many people will it affect, um, how many people will it help. And and, and there are many other measures um, that that can be used in that discussion about gains and uh, potential costs. And there's also an issue of the the justification of ability and right. What what makes you suitable to do anything about public interest or to, 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 to claim public interest? That is some, uh, a, a question that also needs to, to, to be asked. And, and there is a framework that I would refer to, uh, which are, I which, which are found from the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales, and um, they, they've done some, some work in terms of understanding uh, that space. Now, coming back to our organization and what we have set forward as our, our, um, you know, our, our vision or what we aim to achieve, and and who we are. So our stakeholders, um, we understand that we don't just um, uh, exist for ourselves. Uh, We've got, uh, in in terms of international, we want to influence the international actuarial um, uh, um, community uh, because an actuary doing bad things in some other part of the world can affect uh, how we are viewed as actuaries in this part of the world. Um, members uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the standing in, the, in, 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 in society. Um, we have a responsibility to make sure that, and obviously the the fees that are paid make sure that uh, there's a return on those. Um, but then there's the society and the public. So so when, when the moment you mention that, you have to ask yourself, so therefore what are we doing for the general society um, and, and the public? So in terms of what we then, uh, as an actual society, um, Focus on which then adds value to the stakeholders that we've, we've just mentioned. There's the education aspect, which we spent the last hour or so um, in the previous session uh, talking about the value of that, and we even reduced that to, to to monetary terms to say what is the value if you you know qualify within a certain number of years and given whatever you would have spent. So there's a value that and I and I guess that's why all of you are, are here because you do you do derive value from. Uh, Uh, being an actuary, um, um, and and so education is what got you there. Research, Um, I think more and more, I think we were disappointed last year with just having one paper at a convention, Uh, I think there are a lot more papers this year that we realized that uh, we we probably knew that all along, um, that part of influencing public debate or any kind of debate um, would be that we need to have proper research done. Um, so that, that is a focus area. Um, we, there is a context to South Africa. Yeah, we, you, we're not just a, um, some European outpost somewhere. We, 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 we have a context, we have a history and, and those things that need to be um, corrected for sustainability going forward. I mean, if one were to put a value on affirmative action uh, policy, is there value to it? How do you assess the, 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 the gains or the benefits of affirmative action versus not doing anything? So if we came through in 1994 and said, you know what, these guys ran a tight ship, let's just continue like that. Same policies, everything. What would the country, would that be sustainable? You know, th- those are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves um, uh, when we are critiquing or commenting on what we have before us. And, and obviously, having something that works better than what we have is always something that uh, I, I want to think uh, everybody uh, aims for that. Um, and, 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 but one thing that has become more of a focus is this public interest issue that I'm, I'm talking about, and more specifically, public policy. Um, And and that's the discussion that we're having today. Now, in terms of the paper that I referred to, um, and I've put the the source there, I hope you'll find it when you go there. I didn't make it up. Um, So when you claim that you are acting in the public interest, according to that paper, there are quite a number of things, tests or, or, or criteria, or things that you sort of have to ask yourself. What gives you the right? What credentials do you have to act in the public interest? Do lawyers in South Africa have the credentials to claim that they're acting in the public interest? Yes or no? The lawyers in South Africa, do they have the credentials to claim that they act in the public interest? No. There's a, there's a no. Do accountants in South Africa um, have the credentials? Do actuaries in South Africa have the credentials? Why aren't you at the table? Um, So our past behavior, is it something that has generated trust? Does the public trust us that if they're not there at the table and we are at the table, it's as good as if they're there? The policyholders, uh, I don't want to mention all the things. I was still in school. when the demutualization and all of those things happen, so I I can never be blamed. You know, it's like uh, me (laughs) – okay, maybe I shouldn't say that Um, – yeah. But credentials. Do we have the credentials? Can we – I mean, NHI discussion. Um, Should actuaries be at the table there? Are they at the table? How many of them? Um, Any of the discussions that are – that actually are more in our area, Um, how involved are we? and why are we left out? Is it how we look? Is it how we sound? Um, you know, they sort of expect, Yeah, oh, if you bring an actuary here, he's just going to say this thing won't work. So therefore, don't bring him. Um, let's go. Let's find out. Let's make another plan. Why do, do they do that? So credentials, uh, acting in the public. It would mean that I, I, we are saying that we want to act in the public interest. It would mean we would have to invest a lot for, for, for that trust to be built. Uh, with the significant stakeholders that uh, we, we claim to want to represent in that space. Um, applicability, I mean, uh, some issues are not of public interest and therefore, you know, they, there's no discussion. So, which issues are of public interest? Making uh, those calls, I think, is very important. And, and who is that public that we're talking about? I think the ETOLs um, um, debate is an interesting one for me. And, and, and who, who is against ETOLs here? don't be uh, ashamed. If you're against it, you're against it. Is that from a public interest point of view or is that from a self-interest point of view? I think you are divided in in your views in terms of that is fine Uh, because you're not sure. So as a profession, we actually, in a sense, would not be sure whether if we were to say we know We are against uh, it whether that would just be from my pocket or actually from a... Somebody said to me, somebody who was involved with this type of discussions from a Treasury uh, perspective, that if it doesn't happen, if it's scrapped, Sandral will never be able to raise money again. That's his view. Now if Sandral is not able to raise money in terms of in the bond market and so on, would that be good for the public or not good for the public? I'll let you think about that. So, so everything has implications. And I, I, I'm not sure whether we actually take into account the implications of everything when we look at issues. And as actuaries, we should know better. And I think the role that we have is to help the public in making such decisions, making such trade-offs. Everything is a trade-off. The $57 billion or so, and that's just probably just the start, that we're going to spend uh, for free education. It could have been used elsewhere. <laughs> But is that the best place to use the $57 How does the public make that decision? How do they weigh uh, the the benefits and costs? And I think we're trained to to assist in that discussion, and we need to figure out ways to do that. Acting in the public interest also acknowledges that there are wants. I think all of us know that we would love to uh, reside in uh, Camps Bay somewhere there next to the, uh, you know, Many of of us don't do that. Why? Because we can't afford it. Um, I think there are more people in this room that can afford it than out there, but I think some of us recognize that we cannot afford uh, to stay there, so therefore we go and stay in Devonville. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad idea, Devonville. so, the public may want certain things. The public may not want ETOLs, but maybe the public needs ETOLs. I'm not making a statement, I'm just giving an example. That uh, fuel uh, levy, uh, the public is now saying, Scrap it. So so when they scrap it, I was like, wait a minute. You may find that you are the guy who's claiming a lot there at the Rodex and Fund. You know, you 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 built your business on what you get from the Rodex and Fund, yet you're now saying the numbers scrape the fuel levy. You're not making a connection between that and and and, and the and and Fund. Um, so so those kind of trade-offs, um, those are those those discussions uh, I think they need to be more nuanced. I think there needs to be more figures and numbers around those discussions than what I think is, is out there. And because the reality is that there are constraints. Um, the, the fuel levy issue indicates that there are constraints. There's so much that there's only so much that consumers, taxpayers, are willing to pay, um, or, or towards that, income tax. I mean, I, I think there will be a lot of you who are either, you know. 45% or so on. I mean, you know, you try all sorts of ways to avoid uh, that uh, or evade whatever it is that you are, you can go to sleep uh, with. Um, you do that to make sure that, you know, because you know uh, what, what the implications are. But the fact is that there are constraints. The, the, nu- the nuclear deal, I think that became quite obvious to some of the significant role players that that was just not going to be affordable. It, it, it seems to me uh, there's any crazy figure ahead how much of the budget that may have costed us and so on. I think that one was such a clear cut no. Um, but but, but it's, it was not so obvious for some people um, that we're pursuing that, that policy. But the fact is that we have constraints. Um, and, and, and given that, it means not all our wants uh, can be catered for. Um, this is the public policy space. And public interest actually speaks to that. Aggregation and decision is actually those things where you put everything together. You look at the benefits and the costs, and trade-offs have to be made. And 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 it's not always done, perhaps as scientifically as it it, it can be done. And um, there's an aspect of uh, implementation. Uh, yes, uh, the government sets aside significant amounts for uh, social security. Uh, but we have witnessed what, was, what has been happening with SASA and uh, all the private companies and so on. There's a lot happening in that space, and that speaks to implementation. Whether the Department of Social Development, whether SASA have acted in the public interest, that is something uh, that um, different people could have different views on. But I think mostly we agree that there was a lot done there that was not in the public interest. Now, policy analysis. And when you look at this, it does look to, uh, very similar to one of the actuarial toolkit that we, we're very used to. So <laughs> verify, define, and detail the problem. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to ask the question because I think all of you will pass that. Um, the pass rate will be higher than the pass rates when you actually write exams, I think. <laughs> um, establish evaluation criteria. Um, identify alternative policies. Um, evaluate alternative policies. How do you evaluate them? What methods do you use there? Display and distinguish among alternative policies. Monitor the implemented policy. Looks familiar, right? I mean, it's got six steps, and we, we normally work with about uh, three of them, but looks very, very familiar. Um, uh, uh, thus, uh, So we, we will relate back to it. So public policy is concerned with what governments do. Why? they do it, and what difference it makes. And so there's, there's an aspect of understanding, there's an aspect of measuring. Um, there's definitely an aspect of modeling. Um, it is about political, social science, and the ability of this discipline to describe, analyze, and explain public policy. Thought I should share this. When, when I went to, when I was looking for um, something to study after university, the, the one thing that attracted me more than anything, I mean, medicine, um, some stuff that I didn't understand. I'm glad I didn't get into that astrophysics, uh, astronomy, and all that. I think that stuff is boring, so I'm glad I didn't go that way. Um, actual science, I didn't understand it. So that, that really is it, it, quite annoying because I, I didn't understand that, but, but, but I had to put it as a second option. I was attracted by this course that I was um, uh, only at Stellenbosch University called Value and Policy Studies. So today I understand why I was interested in that, in that, in that course. And that's, what, that's why I ended up in Stellenbosch. It was not because it's a cute university or anything. And I don't know whether Stellenbosch was alpha or bravo or delta, but anyway, um, we will, uh, I will use my rank. I'll pull my rank on mic to understand which one was alpha, which one was bravo, those of you who were in that discussion. But that, that um, course, Value and Policy Studies, uh, interested me because it was this mix between The economics and the not mathematical, quietly, but the economic side of things, and the and the social science uh, side of things, uh, sort of married into that. But uh, um, but I was convinced that I needed to do actuarial science. So 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 I guess uh, uh, the mathematical side of it was more important for me to grasp uh, early on. Um, And but I do see when you're looking at policy work uh, that that marriage sort of comes back. Uh, because in order to do any justice to this work uh, you need to sort of have an understanding of both sides but most importantly to be able to work in a multidisciplinary team. Um, public policy is whatever government sh- uh, choose to do or not to do. Um, so, so it does involve mostly government because government exists more for the public good um, So, so therefore it lends itself to that. So in terms of the skill set Um, And and, and when I asked uh, Shivani, um, the question that I asked her is because I had in mind what I was going to put in in, in the slide, that when she looks at the time that she spent doing what she was doing, and she still has to do a lot, was a lot of it focused more on the mathematical, financial, statistical modeling, or was it actually more in terms of research and understanding the domain and, and, you know, speaking to the role players in that field? and and she confirmed that she had to spend a lot of time understanding the domain and speaking to the people in the field so that even the model can make sense. So so I think uh, uh, this is important in this case. So so one of the questions we we have to ask ourselves, there's no no question about um, our abilities in terms of statistical and financial modeling. There may be some questions about our level of understanding of economics, but I think it's, it's, it's quite decent. Um, and what what what, uh, um, what, uh, what what Dave mentioned was that although the sort of modelling mathematical modelling was fairly easy because it's it's slap bang within the toolkit, the optimization aspects uh, were here to go out of the field to learn more about that. So those are the so 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 in a sense in that project that they were busy with there to pull in s- skills from from different areas, and I think that is important. That's an important skill in itself to understand where your toolkit sort of uh, gets to the end of the road and where you need to um, beef up um, and work with people from different fields. It will make us more humble, I think, if we uh, take that approach. We we are not a tool that can, you know, hit anything. Uh, but 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 we certainly do bring something to the table. And I think this ability to draw from other areas, which in a sense, if you look at actuarial science, it's already, it's already done a lot of that. Um, I mean, it pulls from mathematics as a branch. It pulls from statistics. It pulls from financial economics. It pulls from you know, financial mathematics, economics. It, it, always, it already does that. But uh, in, in solving some of these problems, it may need to pull from other areas. I think those of us who, who have done, um, who are in health, um, it 's quite clear when you 're studying the health fellowship that it pulls a lot from uh, what we call public health um, as well some of the um, you know uh, frameworks to understand how the public health system works etc cetera. Um, you, you pull that from public uh, health economics etc so so the the skill to be able to draw from other disciplines i think is a very important skill in this setup, but I think in in in, in many setups or in many types of problems that we we want to solve. Uh, Ecology, Uh, Rob, um, you're probably more of an ecologist than than anything. (laughs) You understand ecology very well. So you understand uh, renewable energy and so on. You have to read um, uh, papers from outside of our field to understand that, so that you can actually um, add value there. And and the legal aspect, I think the 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 people working in damages, uh, they they need to understand the legal processes very well um, and and, and, and so on. Uh, I think that's very important. This um, uh, public administration uh, uh, is probably not something that we're very exposed to. But I think that uh, people involved in, in the damages side, on the medical negligence side, I think the more you try to understand that problem, the more you, 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 you are forced to sort of understand public administration, public management of the, of the health departments and what leads to what. How do they do risk management? How do they do these type of things? So I think more and more, uh, depending on the field that one chooses to be involved in, one has to understand that field. One has to understand what's there, what are other people taught, what do they bring to the table. I think you can only work with people if you understand what they bring to the table, and I think that is something that is very important. This, and, and, and I think design, uh, m- many of us, uh, not many, but there are those of you who are product designers. And, and, and I mean, there, there are whole principles out there on how you actually design. Um, and I was recently exposed to all design thinking and how one, uh, it's a whole process in itself. It's becoming more of a discipline. And, and, and I mean, when I think of how, you know, one would design, um, uh, you know, a um, you know, medical scheme product, we, we didn't do that. We didn't go through all that, the empathy, trying to understand the customer and all of that. We, we did it very quickly. And, and then we would design a product and it would go out to market. So just even the way we design things, I think there's, there's a lot that can be learned from, from, from other people. And, and we need to uh, uh, beef up on those type of skills. And, and this whole process can be done informally. Uh, there are people, there are governments, there are departments, there are uh, um, agencies that do it fairly informally. Um, uh, but uh, I guess the argument here is more for, for is that 30 minutes? Oh, I'm getting there. Um, the, the, the argument there is more for to do things more scientifically. Um, We know this tool, Um, it helps us to deal with uh, uh, problems, it requires us to understand the external forces, um, which is what I'm talking about, Um, because otherwise our solution uh, is not going to be relevant. We want to be relevant. And professionalism, I think, uh, is still required, the way we look at data. So Shivani and them could not just take data from one source and use it and say, yeah, we've got the answers, pay us the money. They've to as well, oh, what's what's why why equinox? Why is it different to uh, this study and this? Why is this more and less and so on? It, it's because of the professionalism training. You can't just you take data and just use it and just um, you know put the results out there. So this is still important uh, in, in the space. And um, so so I think that that's where we can also uh, um, add a lot of value um, um, and so on. And I mean the whole ERM aspect, um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, trains you to actually understand risk very well. Do the other disciplines uh, understand, except except obviously the disciplines that focus on this, um, understand the types of risks that um, a a department like the health department is faced with and how that risk uh, can be managed and and how that needs to feed into legislation. And so I think our training in terms of this can add a lot of value uh, in the space. So these are the actuator toolkits and I'm sure that you can think of many. I mean in the project appraisal space, just a simple NPV, um, uh, IRR, a discount payback period and all the kind of things that you learn in financial mathematics can be very handy in that space to, 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 uh, to explain the results and the distribution of the results, et cetera. I think that kind of training, the time value of money, uh, we, we should not take it for granted. It's something very important. Now, if you look at the opportunities, um, we don't have anyone from the media here, do we? Okay. Uh, I want to say if we, it's a very sensitive topic, so don't quote me on it, but if we wanted to find places we can capture, uh, this, could, uh, this can be one of them. Um, so, G-Tech, uh, I think, Shivani mentioned she's involved in this. They, are like a, a cons- they offer consulting services for the rest of government. So I think our involvement in that space, I think, can create... Uh, we, they need to be an ATO, I think. So, so if we set out to do that, I think we can achieve it within the next year. So they must become an ATO so that we have some of our people going to work there and we can complete their capture. Um, and the, 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 the minister of uh, corporate governance... Uh, was planning to come tomorrow, the deputy minister will be there. So they're saying, guys, come. We, we, we need your help with these things. So it, it's a question of how we need to respond. But they recognize uh, that we can add value in terms of the challenges that are facing. Because some of these municipalities, uh, the whole topic of municipalities is very difficult. In municipalities and uh, investments, it's a very difficult topic at the moment. But they, they have huge budgets. And those budgets sometimes are not spent uh, for various reasons. Sometimes are not spent properly. Roads that get built and, and houses that get built and fall. So, so even at a local municipality level, there are a lot of decisions that need to be made there uh, um, that are not made uh, e- e- efficiently. And, and we need to look at that. The other place that I think needs to be uh, influenced, let me use more proper language. You can call that influenced. Um, The Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation Department, because they look at planning across the departments. The the data, just just making sure that we have got the right data. I think there's a a competing uh, session happening at the moment on demography. I I think that that's also another department. I think somebody's already doing a good job capturing that space, so we we are happy with that. Um, No, influencing that space there. So planning, monitoring, and evaluation, I I think the closer we can get to that department and understand where we can be located, in a sense, them also becoming a kind of ATO, uh, that would be great. So we can help them to look at the right data and have it available at the fingertips, make sure all the departments are looking at the same data. I think that would would be good for the government and uh, can uh, improve the efficiency um, of our decisions for the benefit of many people. Um, the PBO space, public benefit organizations, uh, the organizations that exist um, uh, to, to to do certain things uh, for the public, uh, they, they also, I think there's a space as well for, for us where we can help them to be a lot more sustainable and, and, and in terms of the some of the policy issues that they look at. So what am I saying? Um, I'm saying this is the East Room. There's definitely room. Uh, If anybody disagrees, you can leave. (laughs) Um, but, But I think there's definitely room in this space. And, 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 and in terms of public interest, I think that whole framework approach of understanding what exactly, the credentials, this and that, not just one word, um, uh, but there's a lot more that we need to look at and we need to measure ourselves according to that. How do we improve the credentials? How do we make sure that we're choosing the things that are applicable? Where do we get involved? I think that's a discussion that we need to have as, a, as, a, as an organization, as a society. And then there's a a new discipline that I wish to to introduce, which I think is important, policy analysis, actuarial policy analysis, uh, where you have somebody who's an actuarial policy analyst. um, Because what's the difference? He understands, he spends time, he invests time in terms of self-improvement. Again, I'm going back to the first presentation. Understanding the policy domain uh, space and all the players and so on. I think us becoming more intelligent in terms of that space, and then which toolkits will be appropriate? Is it sort of a cost-benefit analysis, which ones would be appropriate in this setting, and therefore assumptions, uh, what are the kind of things to become more standardized in terms of our approach and this um, could be a new wider field or an extension of an existing one, which I'm not sure which one it would be, but, but I think that in itself can be – if we're saying some of those organizations uh, could become ATOs, how do we actually um, plan the work? Uh, for, for, for the, the technicians or analysts involved in that space, something that we need to develop. The, the, the toolkit, looking at the, the, the most suitable ones, I think uh, that is something that we need to think about as a profession. And uh, the, the capturing space, the lobbying, uh, where do we start? Um, and we, which, which, which ministers do we need to dine? Um, well, you know, which, which, which departmental officials do we need to, to be talking to? Which departments do we need to be targeting, as I um, uh, indicated some of them? Um, so those are the kind of things that we, we need to uh, talk about as a, as a profession, and um, as a way forward. And that's my story. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you, Lesani. I think that's a very interesting um, presentation. Gentlemen and ladies, we have about eight minutes, and I'll open the floor to questions, comments. Ah, as a very first hand over there, Um, another one, Frontier. Do we have roving mics somewhere? Over there, please, on the right. Thank
1: you. I should have mentioned, Carol, you're not allowed to ask questions.
2: yeah, sorry about <laughs> testing. Uh, thanks again, Lusani. Um, I think one thing I would like to throw into the mix is to say perhaps we should also look at areas that don't exist yet that we would like to influence or actually introduce into the country. For example, mm, they say New, New Zealand is the only country that has a balance sheet that they monitor. <coughs> for government. So for our municipalities and government, the question of maintenance on roads and railways, etc., is not actively monitored. So that's something that doesn't exist but we can lobby for and it's something that is definitely uh, for public interest um, and it holds government accountable as to the value that they're adding with the
1: budget I, th- I agree with you. That's why we are, we are paying a lot of money to send our president to New Zealand. Um, the, and, and, and perhaps having such a tool would make many of us be willing to pay off. perhaps. Um, and I think that as a discipline, um, individually, as households, perhaps we also don't spend enough time uh, looking at our balance sheet as opposed to maybe our income statement. Uh, but I think actuaries have a very good understanding that the negative on the one side erodes the other side. But I think as a country, uh, we need to have the same understanding. Um, the negatives, too many negatives on the one side, is going, uh, it ultimately may erode uh, what's happening on the, on the other side. So, and it may help us to, to, to select our investments uh, better. We need to. Uh, we have constraints in terms of uh, what the budgets we have, and we need to make the right investments. There's a lot of money floating and, and it needs to be invested in the right thing. So I could not agree with you more. I think that is a very smart one. So, so that would require us influencing uh, one of the significant – the Treasury and being involved there um, and, and introducing that, that kind of thinking. So having um, the Treasury becoming an ATO and us having a hand in there and having people in there that can build that too, I think that's something that we should aim for.
3: Uh, President-elect, uh, lovely presentation. Thank you, uh, comrade. <laughs> I guess, I guess, what I'm trying to get to here is that generally the way an actuary thinks is just in a specialised way. Like typically actuaries just have their own way of thinking, and I'll try to put something forward to you. And maybe if you can give me like a serious response, I'll appreciate that. Let's think about the process where the government is engaged on the issue of land, of expropriation of land without compensation. And one of the things that I've, I've, well, I wrote to Parliament as well, you know, I was like, and we had a discussion with a couple of actuaries as well that I'm close to, like this one here, um, that I believe that actually the biggest conversation that needs to be held is expropriation with negative compensation that actually people need to be paid for the loss of income for all those years. Be it whatever year, but I've not had, including you, An actuary actually who has been saying, but wait a minute, are we having the right discussion? Then I pause it a little bit there and I'll go back. It's because an actuary just has a certain way of thinking and it ends there. So when you have all these nice things that you have put here, we really need to ask ourselves, are we even ingrained to can even think in that realm? And my position would be nada, nada. We are just not ingrained to think in that realm check CAs, CAs are all over government, but generally CAs are business people, they are ingrained to think in a multidisciplinary way, business acumen, et cetera, et cetera. So you're gonna have guys, you're gonna take them to government, the first thing they think, SCR, 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 you know, but that might not necessarily be actually what is needed. Yeah,
1: look, I think part of the challenge is for us to learn to ask the right questions. And and that we can only do if we have a better understanding, better appreciation of the challenges on the ground. Hence, I said, uh, many of us would have said free education is just not affordable. Uh, But if we actually face with the realities of starving students, students that are prostituting, prostituting themselves so that they can have a meal and so on, would we think the same way when we look at 57 billion? Is that a heavy price or a small price? So so I think um, having a better understanding of South Africa as a country is very, very important. Uh, The land issue is uh, emotive, and a lot of people would avoid talking about it, but is it possible? Can we get to a point where we are matured enough, suggesting that we're not, but maybe we're not in some areas as an organization, to, to actually look at the facts and, and approach it maybe from a, the damages perspective, um, Where is is uh, life ACD meaning? You know? um, with Greg, Greg will talk about that. Uh, where yes, uh, people have been wronged. What is the best way to pay them back? Having that discussion, and and then marrying that to the land issue, uh, that would be uh, groundbreaking, I think. Um, so so I'm, I'm I'm not even wanting to put my opinions on it. Um, but to, to say that if we look at it from a composition perspective, um, what would the numbers look like? I, I think that is something that um, should be considered um, from, from that perspective to address your question. Okay. you. Another question in the middle there?
0: Really How many much other much questions much? do we have? Just one just back there. Two, three. Okay, thank you.
4: Thank you. Um, yes, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was challenged by the man at the front there about actuaries thinking only one way. Um, I think one of the challenges has been that we as actuaries are sometimes seen to be just batting for one side. Um, and perhaps we're hardwired to say what is the right answer. Rather, my view is that on the land question, for example, it's not to say whether it's a right or wrong policy, but to actually start thinking about the consequences. So It's all to do with consequential analysis. We could stay as we are, and there are some short-term consequences, medium-term consequences, long-term consequences, and there's the policy which is on the table, There are short-term consequences, medium-term consequences, and long-term consequences. And then you sit and say, okay, if we go down this route, these are the sorts of things we're going to see in our country. If we go down this route, this is the sort of thing we're going to see. Then the second question is risk management. Which type of outcomes are we best able to manage? What kind of risks are we, as a nation, better able to manage? So it's not a question of right or wrong, something that may be right for one nation may not be right for another, partly because that nation is able to manage those risks better. So if we sit and say we don't like the policy, can we manage the risks of just staying as we are? Is that even a viable proposition? So I would say that ACTUARY's real strength is actually in what I call consequential risk analysis. So it's not telling the person the answer but it's telling them the consequences, and then seeing whether they can manage those consequences or not. Just a, a little yeah. response there.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for, so that the clients, um, in this case the public, uh, can appreciate the, 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 the impact of, of whatever action, action or inaction. Um, and, and I think we do have to get to that point. Um, and I, I, I'm fairly certain that some of us are at that point, but as, as an organisation, We would need to get to a point where we are perceived to be that matured, uh, to engage in in debates of even an emotive nature with no emotions, just looking at the facts and being able to explain those. Um, So we we would often be guilty of claiming facts when, in a sense, we haven't considered all the facts. I think that that is probably something that, uh, in terms of professionalism, we should guard against. If, if we're going to talk facts, we must talk all facts. And we must get to, to as close to all the facts as possible. Thank you, Timber.
5: Hi, I'm Fahmida Peterson. Just to throw a comment on, on the etels, right, so the gantries and the software actually cost more than the construction of the roads. I was on the board of the GPF at the time when we gave Sunrel their their bailout financing so that they could actually Um, continue the business. So I think the the point I'm trying to make is when we're trying to influence policy decisions, we need to make sure that we have full information. But the, the bigger point I actually want to make is that where we are experts in an area that policy addresses, we as actuaries actually need to stand up and have ourselves heard. So, I mean, I took over from Rob Rosconi on consulting to National Treasury on what eventually became known as retirement fund reform. And because actually are actually specialists in that consulting area, I could give substantial input into the actual outcome and not just assess the the risks and the impact. And I mean, we've got a huge policy debate going on in the country at the moment around healthcare. Now, I mean, it just so happens that because of the free university education promise of of the president, we ha- we've had a negative real allocation to healthcare spend in in the last or in the um, three year three year budget proposal which came out last year, but. I mean, healthcare is actually an area where someone like Shivani has specialist substantial knowledge that she can give into the process. I mean, the president had a healthcare summit over the weekend. I don't know whether Roseanne actually attended or not. But I don't see the actuarial society actually standing up and making themselves heard and giving a substantial input into a policy decision where they could really influence the outcome um, so that it's a better outcome in terms of the actual result and not just measuring impact?
1: Yeah, so, so I think, I mean, the Actuarial Society has um, prepared a response to many of the things that are on the table. But the fact is that we are not invited to the table directly. So we have to find ourselves there. And that's the difficulty. That is the challenge that we have um, and and we, 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 we have tried not to take a particular position, um, and, and, I mean, there's work around that. But I think just not being at the table where you could actually influence, actually have discussions with the, with the people, and that's probably the, the main problem that we have. And it, it, it probably has history that people are suspicious that we are captured by private forces and we're going to, uh, you know, only bring that view. So so, so you know, that may be the past. That may be how we, 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 certainly how we are perceived and we need to work with that. So, so I think your, your points are, are good. I mean, we will make a, in a sense, we, we, we think we are specialists in some areas. But what is clear in this country is that we are sidelined in some of the discussions. Because being specialist is, is not the only credential. I think we need to accept that. It's, it's necessary, but it's not the only. So we have other challenges that we need to overcome uh, so that we, we can be trusted advisors in this space.
0: Thank you, Lisa. And I think there was a question at the back there and another from the gentleman here. We are unfortunately running out of time, ladies and gentlemen, but maybe we can take two more questions.
1: There's one at the, back, at the back right there. Yes, I want to hear from Greg there at the back. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is can, can we get a mic right at the back there? Yeah. Oh, Sorry.
2: We'll come back to you. Come back to that. I'm just going to make a very short comment, and it's a bit of of a blunt comment, and without law enforcement, I don't think any of this has much meaning. Because a lot of the things that we, uh, for example, uh, on the weekend, I participated in an ANC legal workshop on the road accident benefit scheme. Despite all the technical analysis of everything, the bottom line is our accident rate is too high in South Africa. The reason? There's no law enforcement.
1: And I mean, in terms of law enforcement, then there's a discussion about how do we improve it? Do we have more traffic officers on the road? Um, do we, you know, so, so then that becomes also a policy discussion. So yes, you are discussing uh, a policy discussion in terms of the consequences of accidents, et cetera but should that not be maybe moved a bit uh, forward to say, let's just talk about how we can reduce the number of accidents and fatalities and, and so on. Um, and, and what is best? What must we invest in in order to get to that? Um, so, so that becomes another discussion which will probably require another session at some point looking at that. But that's a fair comment, I think, to make. Yes. Hey,
2: so you sold me on the demand side that there's a open chairs. Across public policy, do you think, as a society, we have enough supply to meet the
1: needs of those demands? We can and create. We can create that supply. I think the, the, we have many uh, students coming through. Um, I think the, the life uh, practice area is probably full capacity. Uh, <laughs> and some of them are close to retirement, maybe they should focus in this space, I think we can, we can meet that uh, supply um, if we put our minds to it. And obviously, with like anything, you start gradually and you build up. So, so I think if we are focused on it, we, we, can, we, can, we can meet that demand.
3: So do we have a strategy to ensure that when we that, engage with the I'm public... That's what I'm calling
1: for. Uh, we, I don't think we can say we have a strategy. I don't think we have one, but I think we should have one. Uh, So I think that is the uh, main call from this presentation.
0: All right. Thank you, Lusani. Uh, I'm not seeing any desperate last-minute questions. Um, I guess just one final question for me. If anyone is interested in actively getting involved in public policy, what avenue is available? Who do they talk to? Who do they reach out to?
1: I think from here on, I think the council members are here. The president is here. Uh, Actuarial Society staff members are here. They've listened to the questions and the issues that are put on the table, and uh, together we need to come up with the next steps. And uh, we will be in touch with the members about that.
0: All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoy the, rest of the